Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back inside the Mid-American Bandwagon Podcast, episode 88, coming to you live this week. A lot to get to tonight. We had a packed weekend of hoops in the MAC, the men's tournament, the women's tournament. It was a busy weekend in Northeast Ohio at uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Vanzi, how you doing tonight, man? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, just looking up uh, my you know last second bracket notes. I know we got our uh, podcast bracket challenge going. Uh, the links out on Twitter, and uh, you know, I'm just. I mean, you know, coming on here and, 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 you know, you ask the questions and all that, I'm just making sure I don't come in last. I mean, you know, I'd lose all credibility if my bracket's not at least somewhat solid. So there's a lot of pressure. Nobody understands how much pressure it is. Like, I mean, not just on here, but like being the office sports guy come bracket time. That's, yeah, that's, that's a, a real thing. Yeah, that's a real thing for sure. I'm going to tell you right now, Fancy, um, I I can almost guarantee you that you're not going to come in last place. I have a really good friend of mine. Shout out to my buddy Jared, one of my best friends in the world, but he does not care about sports at all. He doesn't. He follows hockey a little bit, doesn't really follow basketball. Every year we have a tradition where I help him pick a bracket based solely on the mascots of the teams involved in each game. So I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now, he's got uh, he's got uh, St. Peter's. He's, he's got three 15 seeds moving on to the second round. You've got the St. Peter's Peacocks, the the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, and then uh, the Delaware Blue Hens. So I, I think you're safe. I think you're safe coming. You might you might maybe next to last is still in question, but I think I think we'll be okay there. Um, and yes, and, I appreciate. And you gotta, you- you got to get some Akron Zips in there too. I mean, that's another all nickname team. Oh know, yeah, right there. the Akron oh, yeah. Zips. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, Zippy the Zip. I, I, absolutely in the elite tier of of, of uh, college mascots. But anyway, folks, yes, as Vanzi just mentioned, uh, we got the the ESPN uh, bracket challenge, uh, the bandwagon. Um, I we we tweeted that link out the other day. I will retweet that again and boost it if anyone is still interested. If you're hearing this before the games tip off on Thursday, uh, but Vanzi. Let's uh let, before we start talking about the NCAA tournament at all, we got conference tournaments to recap here. We'll start on the men's side and uh Vansy, boy, what a what a three days of basketball it was up there in Northeast Ohio and Cleveland. We had uh, even on on day one, you know, had a couple great games. Akron uh, squeaked by Buffalo 7068. Toledo in perhaps a foreshadowing of what to come the next day, barely squeaked by Central Michigan 7271. Kent State over Miami, Ohio knocked off Ball State. We had a couple great semifinal games on uh, on Friday night. Kent State knocked off Ohio. Akron did knock off Toledo. And then uh, the Zips, as everyone by now knows, with an incredible performance on Saturday night, beat Kent State by 20 points, 75 to 55, avenging the two earlier losses from earlier this season. Let's just start big picture here, Vanzi. Main takeaways for you best games, best storylines. What did you think about what you saw up there at, uh, at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse? 
Well, I, I just got to go. I, I mean, you can't bury the lead. I got to go with Toledo losing. Um, you know, we'll get, you know, I know the Kent State, you know, Akron final and all that came with that. But I got to go with the, you know, how much time do we got? I mean, all season yeah. long, I kept saying, you know, hey, Toledo looks really good. But, but there's been this butt around that program. And the very first day of the MAC tournament, they barely beat Central Michigan. And it was like, here we go. You know, the writing was on the wall. Um, you know, Todd Kowalczyk's, you know, his tenure at Toledo has been marred. I mean, they, you know, right now they might as well have a permanent spot in the NIT because they're a great regular season team, but they just can't get over the hump in Cleveland. You know, and in Akron in that game just looked like the better team from start to finish in the max semifinals against Toledo. Um, you know, and, and you look at it, they had probably, you know, a sincere carry and all that. But if you look beyond that, probably Ryan Rollins is, you know, I mean, almost undisputedly the best draft prospect, the best player in the MAC. Uh, and what do you have to show for it? You have another MAC tournament exit. You know, the, the regular season hardware, it's great. You can argue if it's more important than the tournament title. But what it comes down to is when you're a mid-major school, that conference tournament gets you into the NCAA tournament. And that is the holy grail. Toledo has a home game, you know, in the NIT. But I bet you if you look at Ohio State or Michigan, their TV ratings for their game on TV – they're going to have a bigger market share in Toledo, Ohio, than what that NIT game will have. So it's it's disappointing. It's another for Toledo basketball. It's another close but no cigar. Um, they're still not going dancing. All those facilities, all that fan support, all the great players just came up short again. Yeah, it's it's got to be tough uh, for Toledo fans out there. And and you know the crazy thing is, Vanzi, is that you know I mean Kowalczyk now. Uh, in his 11, this was his 11th season at the helm of Toledo. And I mean, he took over this program in 2010. This program was a mess. And, you know, his first year, they only won four games. He really has improved the, the, the floor of the program, right? You look at them. I mean, four of the last five years for the Rockets, 20 plus wins. However, at this level, when you're in a conference like the Mac, where it's one bid every year and you got to win the conference tournament to get that auto bid to go to the NCAA tournament, there's no denying the fact that they just, they, they have failed to do that. I mean, three times in Kowalczyk's 11 years, they've been the number one seed, the regular season champion in the Mac all three times they have failed to advance to the NCAA tournament. They've got four NIT appearances in his 11 seasons have not been to the dance. And Vansy, I think, you know, given the success that they've had in the regular season, I mean, again, 26 wins this year, 21 last year, 25 in 2018, 23 the year before that. I, I don't necessarily think uh, that that Kowalczyk's seat is, is hot. Maybe it is. Feel free to disagree with me there. But I do think it's a legitimate question. It's a, it's time for Toledo fans and the administration to legitimately ask, like, what do we got to do to get over this hump? Because as great as it is to go to the NIT every once in a while, it's still a good tournament. That's not the anyone's end goal. You don't want to go to the NIT. You don't set out in November or October when you start practice saying we want to go to the NIT this year. No, you want to get to the big dance and for all the, the good that Todd Kowalczyk has done with this program at Toledo, that is the one thing that they have failed to achieve. And it just so happens to be the main thing that everybody wants. 
Yeah, and um, you know, there there was something. Um, I don't know if they finished it, but there was. I'm looking it up right now. Some talk of an extension. I don't know if it was a close, but you know, not quite yet. Um, yeah, six days ago, he signed a contract extension through the 26-27 season. So they have a new athletic director coming in there, and the new athletic director must have put a premium on on getting that deal done. Um, you know, look, he's getting good players, getting to the NIT. That's great. I mean, I'm an Eastern Michigan guy. I would, you know, do naughty things to catch up to get Eastern Michigan in the <laughs> NIT. So, you know, there is something to be said for that success. Now they got a home game, you know, all that. That's great. But at some point, it just kind of, it feels like, you know, I mean, it's very similar to the football program at Toledo. You know, it's a, one of the more talented squads. They just can't win the MAC title. It just it feels like him and Jason Candle are, are very similar in that sense. Yeah, I, I I would agree with you there. And you know, I think it's 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 Toledo is such a well-supported athletic department, right? A lot of money compared to other Mac schools, a lot, you know, great attendance compared to other Mac schools. And I think because of that, I think, as I mentioned, I think the floor for Toledo teams is a lot higher than it is for a lot of other schools in the Mac. They just haven't been able to get over that hump uh and 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 you know get that, you know, that, that, that ultimate kind of uh, final goal of, of getting to the NCAA tournament. So we'll see They, I mean, there's certainly a lot of potential there next year. I mean, Ryan Rollins uh, is expected to be back. So uh, there's going to be, you know, a lot of talent there again next year. We'll see if, uh, if next year can ultimately be the year for, for coach Kowalczyk and, and the Rockets to get over that hump and get to the NCAA tournament. One other thing I wanted to cover here, Vanzi, just in terms of storylines, on the men's side of things in general, you mentioned it briefly, but you know, that, that, the, the, we'll call it the Snapchat fiasco there at Kent state, right? Friday night, uh, prior to the conference tournament game, you had, uh, you had DJ Johnson of Kent state posting that video on Snapchat of, uh, you know, not being too kind to Akron. There's some, there's certainly some, some vulgar language there. You had him, uh, this suspended indefinitely, uh, you had, and then Malik Jacobs, uh, Clearon Hornbeek and Julius Rollins, uh, were suspended for the first half of the Mac championship game, uh, Saturday night. Now, if you watch the game, you know, I, I would argue that I don't think these suspensions had a ton to do with the outcome. Kent state just did not play well. Sincere carry did not have his best game, but nonetheless, certainly some turmoil in the Kent state locker room, uh, you know, prior to the game starting. And especially, you know, got, I mean, Malik Jacobs, your second leading scorer and your leading rebounder on the team, 12.3.7.7 rebounds a game. I feel like that had to, you know, do something to the psyche of the golden flashes going into the game Saturday night. But I don't know, Vanzi, I'd like to get your thoughts. Um, was was that to you? Was that uh, punishment appropriate for the crime? What did you think about that? And, and how do you think that affected the outcome of the game at all, if at all? I mean, this was not a uh, regular season game. This was not a non-conference game. This uh, was a conference championship game in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I want to thread lightly here. But I did feel that when you take the, 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 you know, some of the language was very vulgar, you know, um, somewhat racial, but it wasn't one race speaking to another, you know, it was people of the same race, players of the same race. Um, So to me, 
that carries a little bit different weight. Um, I don't know if you watch that game, you know, it was, it was a tremendous game. I mean, tremendously physical and just, yeah. just a, you tell the two teams that like each other. Um, I, you know, I don't know if it had an impact. It definitely hurt Kent state's depth. Um, and it definitely was a distraction. And I think where it might've impacted it is something that you won't be able to see. And what I'm thinking with that is how it impacted it was just that it made Akron mad, you know, like, Hey, we are going to beat these guys. This is, you know, they posted this, they talked all this. I think that's where that difference was. Now I think five, six years from now, when we talk about the 2022 Mac tournament, the Mac finals, you're not going to be talking about the Ryan Rollins or, you know, some of these great players or the teams you're still going to be talking about, Hey, remember when Kent state posted this video and got players suspended. I thought the punishment was a little bit much. Um, you know, I mean, it is what it is at this point. Um, and I know that'll make the Akron fans mad who thought, you know, I mean, basically the whole team should have been suspended, but just a weird, um, you know, subheading to this whole weekend, um, if you're a Kent state fan, I think you're holding that and you're saying, Hey, it would have been different. I think the biggest impact though, as I said, from it was it made Akron mad and Akron came out with their hair on fire. They were physical and, and they, you, you know, you look at them celebrating that victory. It meant more to them because of that video. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would certainly agree with that. And that was my main takeaway from this game too. I mean, what a physical basketball game, a lot of banging in the post there, a lot of, uh, you know, physicality, you know, tough defense, uh, you know, tough under the boards there. You could tell, I, I would agree with you for the most part, Vansy. You know, I did I, not, not condoning, uh, anything in the video at all. Not, not, you know, not dismissing it by any means. I do think though, Given the context of the game, given the fact that it was, you know, for an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament, as you mentioned, um, I, it did feel a little bit harsh to me. Now, I would also say this. Um, I, I do not think uh, that other than other than giving Akron some extra motivation when you watch the game and how the game played out, I, I do not think it had a ton to do with the outcome of that game. I mean, you look at the even just looking at the box score, I mean. Second half when Kent State had, uh, you know, their their full complement of players uh, again, you know, other than other than obviously DJ Johnson. Um, but, you know, by that time, uh, you know, in the second half, I should say Kent State or excuse me, Akron outscored Kent State by more in the second half than they did in the first half. Akron was up by nine at halftime and they outscored the Zips by 11 in the second half. I mean, I really think what this came down to here to me, Vansy, I mean. Kent State had no answer for Enrique Freeman and Ali Ali underneath. I mean, Enrique Freeman, an incredible game, 23 points, eight rebounds, eight for 10 from the field. Ali Ali had 15 points of his own. So, I mean, those two guys right there, 38 of Akron, 75 points, basically half of their points. I think when you have those two guys, hit, you know, firing on all cylinders for the zips, and then on the other side of the fence, you got Sincere Carey, who has been so phenomenal all year. He's been the guy that really, you know, drives things for Kent State. Well, he just so happened to have his worst game of the season uh, Saturday night, two of 11 from the field, uh, only two rebounds, three assists, six points compared to nine turnovers for sincere carry. I think to me, Vansy, that was kind of the, the, the driving factor in this game, the, the, the zips domination underneath, uh, you know, with, with Freeman and Ali, and then the tough defense that they played on, on sincere carry, forcing him into some of those turnovers and taking tough shots. I really think that right there, 
I, I think that's where this game was won for the Zips. I, I don't necessarily think that the outcome would have been any different if, if you know, Kent State had all four players available for the entire game. Yeah, I, I do think, uh, you know, just sincere carry, I think they relied on him so heavily. So for yeah. him to have an off game and to be neutralized and in such a fashion, a great job by Akron, a great job by that Akron coaching staff to come up with that uh, the game plan uh, and great job by the players to execute that. I, I think that changed everything, you know, and when he got hot this season, that's when Kent state got hot. And unfortunately for them, excuses are plenty. I mean, but uh, you know, unfortunately for them, it just, ran out in the Mac championship game. Yeah, certainly did. And I mean, you look at it uh, with, you know, for, for the flashes in this one, you only, uh, you know, you shoot, you know, 47% from the field, but you know, you got, uh, you know, 19 turnovers in this game, you get beat in the rebounding battle, uh, you know, Kent state 55 points, their lowest output of the Mac season. Uh, so far, so certainly uh, n- not the best night for 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 the uh, the Golden Flashes on Saturday night. But I mean, Vansy, let's let's give some respect to Akron here. I mean, we we talked last week that uh, we really felt like the top five teams in this tournament all had a legitimate chance to to win it. Akron had arguably the toughest path of those five teams. I mean, you have a first round game against Buffalo, one of the hardest, you know, I mean, I, that, that was by far the, the most evenly matched, uh, you know, matchup of the first round there. Akron squeaks by, by two points there. They play an incredible game defensively against uh, uh, Toledo on, on, uh, on Friday night. And then Kent state as well. I think to me, Vansy, that, uh, I, I have to give a, a shout out to Akron's defense over that three day stretch there, because I mean, Buffalo's a team. I mean, they've put up a uh, hundred points uh, once or once or twice this season, Toledo, the highest scoring team in the, in the league averaging, you know, up near 80 points a game. They hold Toledo to 62. And then I mentioned Kent state, they hold them to their lowest output uh, in Mac play with 55 on, on Saturday night, Akron to me, I think defensively, this is, that's where they won this tournament was playing that great defense and really shutting down, you know, for Toledo, Ryan Rollins with Kent state sincere carry really kind of focusing on those guys, not letting them get going. And then they can find their points elsewhere. But I thought defensively for all three games, Akron was fantastic. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, I thought they're going to have a hard time getting by Buffalo. And then, yeah. uh, you know, once they did that, you know, they just got better. I mean, you look at, you know, their margin of victory increased every time, um, you know, and I really think had, you know, knowing what we know now from Toledo had Buffalo beat Akron, we might be sitting here talking about Buffalo as the yeah. match champion. Um, you know, so kind of just, you know, anything can happen in March. And this was a team with John Gross. He's done this before. He's done it at Ohio. You know, he he knows how to get his teams up for the MAC tournament, for the NCAA tournament. Um, I spoke a lot this season on how I thought they were going to figure it out. I kind of waffled on them a little bit, but I just felt that that culture, you know, of having a coaching staff that successful would come into play at some point. And now we see it here in the Mac championship. Also though, I want to mention it looked like, I mean, I, I wasn't there, but it looked like a phenomenal crowd. Yeah. You know, it looked like the, the fan bases. I know we had some satire on Facebook or on Twitter that got, uh, you know, over some people's heads, but the fan bases came out and uh, it looked like a great game. And it really looked like they were in the game and, and, uh, you know, really cared. And that was awesome to see. Totally agree. Yeah. I thought there was an excellent crowd there, an excellent atmosphere on Saturday night. 
And, uh, you know, you look at this Akron team, Enrique Freeman actually, you know, end up uh, a tournament MVP there. A bright future for the Zips. Uh, John Gross really, you know, building some consistent, uh, you know, success there. Enrique Freeman and Ali Ali both uh, only sophomores. So you don't like to think that the Zips are going to be a force to be reckoned with next year as well. Before we get to next year, though, Vanzi, the Zips are now into the NCAA tournament. And I'm sure everyone watched Selection Sunday uh, this past weekend. The Zips reward for winning the Mac. They get to travel out west to Portland, Oregon. They'll play in the Moda Center, home of the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Thursday night, one of the late tips, Thursday night, 9.50 p.m. Eastern time, they will take on the UCLA Bruins out of the Pac-12. Everyone remembers their uh, kind of Cinderella run from the first four to the final four last year. The Zips going to try and cut that a little bit short this season and see what they can do to slow down the, the Bruins. Mick uh, Cronin, former Cincinnati coach, uh, there at UCLA. Now, what do you think about this, Vanzi? Do you think, uh, I mean, I guess I should say, what's the path to success for the Zips here? How do you see this one playing out for Akron? Well, the last three Mac teams have won their first round game Buffalo twice. Then, you know, you didn't have you had the COVID year, and then you had, uh, you know, last year's victory. Um, why is that escaping me? Ohio over, uh, Ohio. Virginia. Yep. Yep, Ohio over Virginia and, you know, and all that. So, you know, last three Mac schools who have made the NCAA tournament have won their first round game. I don't like Akron's chances. I feel like when I look at the bracket that this UCLA team, you know, with uh, Tiger Campbell and, and Johnny Juzang and all that, I feel like they're one of the more dangerous, lower, you know, less than a one or a two seed in the tournament. You know, the run they went on last year, starting with the play-in game against Michigan State and going all the way uh, to the final four, I, I think they're a dangerous team, and I think it's going to be tough for Akron to beat UCLA. Now, it could be done. I mean, everybody wrote off Akron in the, the MAC tournament, and you got to kind of watch those teams that get hot in their conference tournament going into the NCAA tournament. But I just think UCLA is a different beast. I just think they're, you know, a, a power five, you know, all the history, the tradition, the talent they have, McCronin, all that. I think that's going to be a tremendously tough game for the Akron Zips. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, it's it's a tall task for for Akron for sure. I think here is where though, Vanzi, here is where I think Akron has a chance. If you look at UCLA, this is a very guard oriented team. Their top four scorers and 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 six of their top seven are all guards. The only the only quote unquote traditional big man in their in their you know top seven of their rotation is Cody Riley, who's only averaging seven point six points and three point seven uh, rebounds a game. Their um their leading scorer is actually or excuse me leading rebounder is actually uh, Jaime Hawkes Jr. at only five and a half rebounds a game. So I do think that Enrique Freeman and Ali Ali, similar to what I was talking about in the MAC championship game, there will be opportunities for them to get theirs underneath. And especially, you know, you, they can step out, they can hit threes as well, pull some of those big men from UCLA away from the basket, allow Castaneda and Brian Trimble and some of those other guys to get to the hoop. I'm not sitting here saying that I'm picking the zips to beat the Bruins uh, on Thursday night, but I could see a path to success there. This is, I mean, this UCLA team, 
they're no joke. I mean, offensively, they're very good. You remember you mentioned Tiger Campbell and Johnny Juzang and, and Jaquez and, you know, got Jules Bernard in there as well. I mean, you got four guards for them averaging over 10 points per game. But I do think size matters, especially you get to the NCAA tournament. You got a good big man that can, you know, get some guys from the opposition in foul trouble that can, you know, get offensive rebounds and extend possessions. I can see a path to success for the Zips there. That's not me saying I'm picking the Zips to win this game. But I do think, though, that this is a game that I really think that, uh, you know, it, it could be closer than some people might expect. And I think, I don't know, I, I'm not sitting here saying that the the max, uh, you know, um, win streak in the first round is going to extend to um, extend to, you know, a fourth year. But I do think that there's an opportunity for uh, the, the zips to, to make some noise here and, and at least put a scare into the Bruins. And uh, I don't know, is it Vansy to me? I'm, I'm going to ask you this. I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. What do you think if you haven't looked already, what do you think uh, the spread is in this game? Uh, I'd say UCLA by 10. UCLA currently a 13 and a half point favorite in this game. I don't, Vansy, I'm not saying Akron wins this game, but that seems like way too many points to me. I like the zips. I like the way they're made up. You, you know, you've been talking up John Gross all year, and I agree with you. I think he's a fantastic coach. This is his third, uh, bringing his third team to the NCAA tournament here. I do think the zips keep this, you know, within single digits. I, I, I like the zips to keep this close uh, on on Thursday night. So we will see. We will see. That's why they play the games, right? That's why they play the games. So let's um. Vansy, let's let's take a look at some of the other Mac squads who are getting who have gotten invited to some of the other, uh, you know, other alternative tournaments. I don't want to say lesser tournaments, but all alternative tournaments uh, to to the to the big dance, the NCAA. We already talked about Toledo a little bit. They've taken on Dayton uh, in the first round of the NIT. That is their uh, their reward for their regular season championship here in the MAC. An interesting tidbit here, though, uh, that it, it I mean it makes it a little bit better of a consolation prize for Toledo is the fact that if 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 um, if if all things you know eliminate all external factors, Toledo would have been traveling to Dayton on Wednesday night to uh, to take on the Flyers. However. Anyone who's familiar with the first four of the NCAA tournament knows those games are played at the uh, Dayton Arena. So because of that, Dayton going to travel up the road to Toledo to take on the Rockets. So the Rockets get a home game at Savage Arena, Vansy, uh, against a, a really good Dayton team. And you got a nice kind of in-state, uh, I don't want to call them rivals, but an in-state matchup here against a team from not too far away. These fan bases are familiar with each other. I think this has the potential to be a really good game. Yeah, I think it will be. I mean, Dayton's been hot lately, so it's going to be a challenge for Toledo. I hope the Rocket fans come out and support them. Um, you know, again, another year. I mean, if it, what last year was Toledo against Xavier in the uh, the NIT, so mm -hmm. we're seeing that again. Tremendous for an NIT home game. Thank you uh, to the first four being down there in Dayton. Um, but, you know, tremendous for a Mac team to host a uh, first round NIT game. That's tremendous. I, I love it. Um, you know, a good opportunity for uh, the, the nation to, you know, not just that game, but potentially throughout the tournament to see Ryan Rollins 
um, you know, in his glory and in play well and a good opportunity for Toledo. And also if the fans come out, that's something they're going to use in recruiting tremendously. Um, you know, the, the pictures and videos and things of that nature. So definitely a great opportunity. Anthony Grant's Dayton squad's been red hot. I thought they were an NCAA tournament team. I do. I believe they are the number one NIT overall yes. seed. It's kind of weird that the Dayton Flyers, the number one seed and the NIT are going to Toledo for a first round game. But, uh, you know, that's just how the, the schedule crumbles. Yeah, you're right. I, I agree with you, Vansy. I, I was uh, a bit surprised when when Dayton get, didn't get a, uh, a bid to the big dance. But nonetheless, here we are. So this game going to kick tip off uh, 7 o'clock Eastern Wednesday night on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, for anyone who's uh, who's interested in, in in watching that as kind of a a, a warm up to uh, the the big dance on on Thursday, and then uh, let's move in. Uh, so this is an interesting one here, Vansy. So anyone who remembers the old CBI, um, or I should say, excuse me, it's still called the CBI. I'm getting the CBI and the CIT mixed up here. Anyway, Ohio uh, will be the lone MAC representative in the CBI. Uh, they. Uh, again, we all remember lost, uh, got knocked off by Kent state in the Mac, uh, semis on, uh, on Friday night, the, uh, the Bobcats though, they take on, uh, they're going to travel down to this. So the CBI this year being held at a single location down in Daytona beach, Florida, worst places to go for a postseason tournament. If you're an Ohio fan, uh, they're, they're going to take on, uh, they're the three seed in this one. They're going to take on the 14 seed rice owls Saturday night at 7 30 PM down in, uh, down in Daytona, 16 teams in the CBI this year. Again, Ohio, the third seed, number one seed, Drake, number two seed, Middle Tennessee, number four seed, Stephen F. Austin, number five seed, Florida Atlantic. Vansy, you know, I, I, I look at the bracket here. I look at the teams competing in the CBI. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on all these teams or even have to pretend to have watched all of these teams in, in this tournament. However, I, I think about Ohio, this team, you know, they, yeah, they struggled a little bit down the stretch, but I don't see any reason why a team like Ohio with the depth that they have with, with the scoring ability that they have with the versatility that they have with terms of guys who can score from different points of the floor. I don't see why any, any reason why Ohio can't win this tournament. I'm not saying that they're going to, but as the three seed, you know, that's kind of reflected. They, they should be one of the favorites here. I could easily see the Bobcats making a run if they can get, you know, get their house in order uh, after the kind of a rocky final uh, two weeks of the season yeah and the other thing you know the big thing about that is is just what is the buy-in you yeah. know and yeah with this tournament I mean I, I believe that's one that Eastern Michigan was in a few years ago and it you know I mean I had a class and I went over to the Rita and it was just like you just walked in and there was you know like like 30 other people. I mean, at some point, a lot of fans just kind of check out. Now, if, you know, the big thing is I guarantee you not all those teams are going to be in it for the right reasons. Not all those teams are going to bring their A game. A lot of teams probably thought their season was done. You know, their practices may be suffering. It's kind of a weird thing because it's such a second, no offense to Ohio, but it's such a second, third tier um, tournament, but it gets you more practice and it gets you a chance to potentially raise a trophy. Seeing what we have seen from Ohio, if they are right, you know, and I mean, they looked right when they beat Ball State and, and they battled Kent State to a loss in the uh, the MAC tournament. When they are right, they're a team that, uh, you know, should be able to win this tournament. Um, Stephen F. Austin, I still have memories of their, you know, NCAA tournament team. So, yeah. you know, just off, off the cuff, that scares me. But uh, yeah, they, you know, I think uh, the Ohio players, they, you know, you at least get a trip to Daytona Beach, um, potentially come back with some hardware. 
Yeah, no, I agree completely. And, you know, that's an interesting point you make about buy-in. And, you know, I was actually, uh, for for this tournament and also for the, uh, the, the the basketball classic, which we'll talk about here in a second, you know, I was reading some articles about both of those tournaments. And, you know, when it comes to buy-in, it's, it's interesting because the both articles that I read mentioned how for both of these tournaments, there were teams that were invited that declined these invitations. And so, to me, I almost wonder if it's a situation where, you know, an invitation gets extended, the, the, the coach or the administration, whoever discusses the possibility of doing this with the team. And if, if the team is into it, then they'll go. If, if, and if the team doesn't, you know, feel like it's, you know, a worthwhile trip or whatever the case may be, maybe they, they reject that invitation. So I almost, that almost makes me wonder, like, I wonder if these teams that did accept these invitations are going to be bought in. Obviously that's just pure speculation on my part. I have no idea whether or not that's the case, but I don't know for for some of these uh, you know for some of these teams for guys you know for the upperclassmen guys you know, that are seniors get the chance to play at least at one additional game see if you can extend that beyond that so we'll see if uh, if the the Bobcats are able to have any success down there in uh, in Daytona again their first game uh, will kick off on uh, on Saturday evening at seven thirty down there uh, on the uh, on the Atlantic coast of Florida. Last thing to touch on here in terms of postseason tournaments, Vansy, we have Kent State with an invitation into the 2022 Basketball Classic. Now, this is the tournament formerly known as the CIT. This one with an odd uh, 21-team format, which is very interesting to me. But, uh, man, you talk about how uh, you know, Toledo and, and Dayton with a cool little regional matchup in the NIT. Well, that is not the case for Kent State here. They're going to travel to Southern Utah on uh, on Wednesday night to take on uh, the take on the Thunderbirds uh, down there in uh, in in the Southwest. I uh, Vansy again. I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about Southern Utah. The one thing I can tell you is I know Malik Muhammad of Last Chance U fame, who spent last year at Central Michigan. He did transfer to uh, to Southern Utah when uh, when uh, Keno Davis was was let go last year. So there is at least one familiar face there for the Thunderbirds. But uh, I don't know, Vansy. What do you think after after the disappointing uh, end to the season for for Kent State there, and in, in, you know the loss Saturday night in the MAC championship game? This is a team here where I would wonder about the buy in for the goal flashes yeah that's got to be tough I mean after being so close to the NCAA tournament um and then also I you know that video just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth yeah you know like where is that culture as a program at you know like is it if it's starting to go off the rails before the MAC tournament championship how far off the rails is it going to be in the uh, NCAA tournament or the, the CIT, you know, I mean, so you're so close to your goal, all that happens. And now you're way down the list. Um, this is an opportunity. I thought Kent state had a decent shot at an NIT bid, but this is an opportunity for Kent state where if you go out there and you play your best basketball and you come back with a trophy, you can stand there and you can say, Hey, you know what? We should have been in the NIT. You know, we should have, could have, would have beat Akron, you know, most nights, you yeah. know, potentially. So, you know, this is an opportunity if they buy in. I hope they buy in. It, and one thing that's been kind of, I've kind of buried is this would look great for the conference if Toledo can play well, Ohio, Kent yeah. State. You know, you talk about the goal is to get back to a two bid MAC. 
And, you know, so I think this is all stuff, postseason success, postseason buy-in, not just from the players, but from fan bases and all that and administration. Uh, and, and a lot of these tournaments from the administrative standpoint actually cost money to take part in, yeah. you know, and I, that's a tough one too. So kudos to the administrations for, for ponying up for that. But there's a lot that go in that goes into this. Uh, if you can have a good tournament run, I think Kent, Kent State, I, you know, I haven't seen that bracket. Uh, it's not in one of my bracket pools, but, uh, you know, I think that they should beat Southern Utah. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I mean, I would, based on what I know about Kent state, I, I would certainly, uh, ba- I would certainly agree with that without having seen Southern Utah play the, the Thunderbirds 20 and 11 on the season, 11 and three in the big sky conference. So, uh, you know, Kent state traveling out there, they'll, they will take on the Thunderbirds, uh, Wednesday night, 9 PM tip there in uh in uh, cedar city utah i had to look that up i had no idea where southern utah was so cedar city utah uh wednesday night tip for the golden flashes we'll see if uh, they can uh, pull a victory out there and continue their season as well uh one last thing we wanted to touch on here prior to moving over to the women's side of things uh vansy we had some coaching news here in the in the mac over the last few days i don't think this one came as a huge surprise to anybody that follows the conference but uh ball state has uh, decided to part ways with uh longtime men's basketball hosts coach james whitford uh whitford nine seasons at the helm for the cardinals 131 and 148 record overall 69 and 93 in the mac you know, Vansy, there there were some decent seasons here. I mean, two uh two or excuse me, three Mac West division titles in his nine years. Uh just uh, similar to what we were saying about Toledo, right? Couldn't get over that hump and, and turn that into a conference title or an NCAA tournament. Couldn't they ball state here, not even in the NIT at all. I would say, you know, Whitford certainly improved the program. I mean, five and twenty-five and seven and twenty-three. In his first two seasons, they did, you know, they, they won 20 games two years uh, and they had, you know, won uh, more than 10, 10 or more Mac games four years out of his uh, out of his nine. So not all bad for Whitford uh, Vanzi, but I, I think it was it became very mediocre, very middle of the road here over these last couple of years for Ball State. Right. And it's one of those things where. You know, they, they weren't terrible. They weren't good enough. They were never a true competitor for the conference. And I feel like that's kind of a limbo that if you, you know, if you're serious about winning in division one athletics, you can't, you can't exist in that state for very long. Yeah, real quick, I just want to lead off um, when James Whitford was at uh, Ball State. He was there long enough where he was there when I was a student at Eastern Michigan. Um, he was a, uh, you know, he was one of our favorite targets. Um, he was very, you know, uh, demonstrative at times and we had a lot of fun with him. And, uh, you know, it's somewhat sad because he, he, you know, he would get angry with us, but he was still a good sport. Um, but yeah, you know, when I, when I heard news, I kind of looked at things and it's like, holy cow, nine years. And to be there as long as he was to have as little success. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way. Anytime you're a head coach at a division one school, you know, it's, it's great. It's awesome for that guy, but it never really in ball state was never really a solid contender for the Mac championship. You know, you never, you know, they were never right there on the cusp of making the NCAA tournament. They, you know, in nine years, a below 500 overall record at a school in Indiana is not going to cut it. I'm surprised he got nine years. Um, that's a program where I, I would think it would be a sleeping giant potentially in, in Indiana and some of the, you know, support that they get 
I love their arena. I've never been there, but it's, you know, I've heard great things. Um, just some names that they're kind of throwing out right now. You know, I've seen uh, Ben Botts, the Ball State assistant. Link Darner is kind of the betting favorite right now. I don't get that. That's kind of their, their Ball State assistants. That's kind yeah. of like the Clayton Beats at Western Michigan. Like, oh, we're going to bring in new blood, but it's actually the same blood. Um, Eric Halt at uh, Northern Kentucky. Terry Johnson, a Purdue assistant. That would be a lot like Jack Owens, who ended up at uh, Miami University um, there. And uh, But then, uh, then, then it gets interesting. Some of the rumors that are out there, I'm not starting anything, but Dane Fife, the former Indiana great, he was a Michigan State assistant. He's now an assistant at Indiana. Dane Fife, he used to coach Indiana Purdue Fort Wayne back when it was Indiana IPFW. It's now just Purdue Fort Wayne. That would be a tremendous hire. I think he would do great things there. As a as an Eastern Michigan fan, I'd be scared. Um, and the other name, this is, and we mentioned this earlier off off the podcast, but Tom cream you know yeah. he's got ties to, he's got ties to indiana he washed out of indiana washed out at uh, at georgia uh could he be looking at a mac job you're gonna have to pay him yeah you know but what a tremendous hire that would be if you could get tom cream at ball state and it, it would be similar to john gross you know it would be similar really to stan heath yeah. Um, at Eastern Michigan. So there is some precedent there. Um, also, you know, and then uh, he's really, you know, Tom Crean related to uh, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is up in Ann Arbor. Yep. You know, I mean, so you, so you get a little bit closer. Um, you know, he spent a lot of time in the state of Michigan. So being in Indiana is not far fetched, you know. So I don't know. I mean, that's probably a pipe dream, kind of a long shot. Um, Ball State, though, I do think is a sleeping giant. Uh, I wish James Whitford well. Um, I don't know where he goes from here, but nine years uh, is tremendous staying power. Yeah, I, I can't uh, disagree with anything you're saying, Vanzi. I mean, in a, in a in a state that is basketball crazy as Indiana, you got to win. You got to win, right? And I think, you know, say what you want about, you know, Tom Crean or what you think about him or, uh, you know, how likely of a possibility that actually is as because, as you mentioned, they're going to have to pay him for sure. I mean, this is a guy... I mean, he went to the Sweet 16 three times uh, in in eight years with with Indiana. This is a guy that knows how to win. He won at Marquette. He won at Indiana. He didn't do so well here at Georgia these last few years, but that's a tough place to win in basketball, which that's another school where the, the basketball should be better. I'd put them in the same uh, same category as Ball State there, just on a larger scale. Yeah, we'll see. I think, you know, uh, Tom Crean would certainly be a splash hire, I think would really energize that fan base. Perhaps, you know, uh, some of those other guys you mentioned, you know, Dane Fife, uh, Link Garner, Ben Botts, uh, you know, they, they might be, they might be, you know, Terry Johnson, they might be a little bit more realistic of candidates, but it'll certainly be interesting to see who, uh, who Beth gets in the, and the, uh, the administration there taps as the next leader of, of the Cardinals men's basketball program. That'll be something that we'll be following here over the next few weeks. And obviously that Western Michigan vacancy still there too. So uh, we'll, we'll be, uh, you know, keeping our eye on that. Uh, both of those positions here over the next few weeks as we move uh, you know, past the tournament into the offseason. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Vansy, let's uh, let's transition here over to the women's side of things. Uh, similar to the men's, we had three days of great basketball there uh, at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse Fieldhouse from from the MAC women uh, this past weekend. Buffalo, hey, I'm not going to pat myself on the back here, but I did pick the Bulls last week on this show. Deasha Fair, tournament MVP, really, really, I mean, 30 points in the title game. Uh, Ball, Buffalo knocks off Ball State 79-75 uh, Saturday. How about Ball State, though? A nice little run for the Cardinals. They come from behind, knock off Northern Illinois in the quarterfinals on Wednesday, knock off perhaps the biggest upset of the tournament on either side, uh, knocking off Toledo 71-66 to on Friday in the semifinals. Toledo coming off that 9 historic 19 and one uh, regular season in the Mac, but ball state knocked them off in the semis came up just shy of, of uh, Buffalo 79, 75 in the final on Saturday. Uh, Vansy, let's, let's start high level. Just like we did on the men's side of things, initial thoughts, takeaways, impressions from, uh, from the women's tournament this past weekend. Yeah, I thought, I mean, can I just kind of say what I said earlier, you know, Toledo, one conference loss all season long. They double that uh, up to two with their one conference loss in the conference tournament. And uh, just, I mean, heartbreak, you know, I mean, there's an opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament and ball state who I don't want to, you know, gloss over because they had a tremendous Mac tournament, but my goodness, you know, the opportunity was there for Toledo, um, you know, one loss, all conference season and they just laid the egg, you know? And I mean, that's, you know, they, they were elite. They were great all year long. And I think the quote from their coach was they were great all year long. And then they were just good in the max semifinals, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's tough. That's really tough. Um, you know, I feel for them. I definitely thought they, uh, they deserved, you know, I thought they should have been an at large. I think yeah. that was a, a, a travesty. You know, I won't get on my soapbox too often for Toledo, but the season they had, that that was a travesty that they did not get an at-large bid. Totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the metric. I mean, 26-5 and five overall, uh, you know, as we mentioned, 19-1 and one in the MAC. But, yeah, I mean, you look at, you know, you just look at the box score from that that game on uh, that, that semifinal game on on Friday and just not, you know, offensively for the Rockets this year, uh, they, they've been really good offensively. Only 66 points in this game, you know, only, you know, 40% from the field. They missed eight free throws in this game, 13 of 21. You miss eight free throws and you lose by five points. I mean, that's that's that'll do it right there. Um, and then, on, you know, on top of that, you know, 13 turnovers in that game. So just certainly, I think uh, the way Coach Cullop described it, as you mentioned, I think I would agree that, that that's a very accurate description saying, you know, they were great all year. Just and they were just good when it when it mattered the most, and so the Rockets, uh, the, the the Rockets women, similar to the Rockets men, they they are going to be rewarded for their MAC regular season title with a trip to the NIT uh, coming up, and we'll talk about the the women's NIT here in just a couple minutes. But yeah, certainly a, a tough way to go out for for uh, for the Rockets. 
Let's uh, let's. I mean, let's let's give some credit where it's due here, though, Vanzi. I mean, Buffalo. They they earned this title. They they. I mean, they really really. Uh, really played well. Deasha Fair, as I mentioned, thirty points in in the in the final game against Ball State and and Vanzi. I think that's the one thing to me is that anytime you have a team like Buffalo who has a player like Deasha Fair, she's one of these players where because she plays in the MAC when doesn't have quite the exposure, doesn't have the national you know television games you know every week, a player like Deasha Fair deserves to be seen on the biggest stage. She deserves to be in the NCAA tournament. And, and the, the basketball watching public here in, in the country deserves to see Dash Fair. Because of that, I'm not saying I was, you know, rooting against any other team in the MAC, but I'm very happy that the Bulls earned this opportunity. I'd love I can't wait to see what they can do in in, in a big stage. Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, I mean the heartbreak of Toledo losing uh, is replaced by the excitement of seeing Buffalo in the NCA tournament. I mean, one of the top players, not just in the Mac, the top player in the Mac, but one of the top players in all the country. Um, it's going to be a great chance for her. Uh, that game, uh, you're not getting ahead of ourselves, either NCA tournament game against Tennessee, that is going to be, I believe on ABC, you know, so it's you nationally broadcast. You don't need cable. You don't need streaming. You can get it with the rabbit ears. That should give them even more exposure Great for Buffalo. They had a dominating uh, tournament run there in Cleveland. Um, you know, it was a team that they had some moments where you kind of, and my voice just cracked, but they had some moments <laughs> where you kind of questioned, you know, what direction they were going to go. And they pulled it together, you know, started hot, got kind of cold, pulled it together. And, uh, you know, they're MAC champions. If that, if that program there, um, their coach is phenomenal. You know, she's just, I mean, I read her tweets and I'm motivated. I want to go run through a wall. You know, yeah. and uh, that, that's yeah. a program where on the women's side, they have culture, you know, they have built that up. Um, and, you know, I, I'm putting them down right now as my pick next year to win the Mac. Yeah, I, it's, it's hard to disagree with that, Vansy. I mean, and you look at, you mentioned, uh, you know, Coach Felicia uh, Legit Jack. Um, the, the, the one thing I would say that, that concerns me if I'm a Buffalo fan right now is there's some, there's been some, I've seen some articles floating around online. So she's obviously, so she's a Syracuse alum. She played basketball at Syracuse. Syracuse uh, earlier this uh, year did part ways with their women's basketball coach. And so there have been some rumors going around that the orange might try to lure her back home uh, to Syracuse just down the road from where she is in Buffalo right now. So certainly if I'm a Bulls fan, I got my fingers and my toes crossed that that does not happen. And we'll see if, you know, maybe perhaps the, uh, athletic department there, the administration for the Bulls, going to have to you know pony up a little bit and, and you know extend her contract, maybe give her a little a raise to to get her to stick around. But yeah, I agree with you, Vancy. I mean, you are correct. That's going to be a national television game, three o'clock Eastern on ABC uh, Saturday, March nineteenth, Saturday coming up here. So um, the the Bulls, I mean, you have a chance to 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 go into a a historic arena and play a historic program. I mean, when you think about women's basketball. There's you got UConn and and you got Tennessee. I would argue those are probably the top two teams historically when it comes to women's basketball. Everyone remembers Pat Summit. May she rest in peace. Uh, have you know built the Volunteers up into a phenomenal program. You got to go down to their home. Uh, you know anyone who isn't familiar with the women's tournament, you know they they start the, the tournament at you know at campus sites. So uh, the Bulls going to travel down to Knoxville to take on uh, the Vols, uh, as you mentioned, Vanzi, uh, three o'clock on Saturday. 25 and 8 final record for the Bulls in the regular season. 
This is now their fourth time in the last six years heading to the NCAA tournament. Uh, as you mentioned, Vanzi, really just kind of a, 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 a pillar, a, a beacon of stability in this conference where there seems to be so many teams that, you know, they'll have an up year, a down year, an up year, a down year. Buffalo pretty consistently here over the last six years. They've been, they were there at the top of the conference every year. Yeah, and, and I think it's tremendous. I mean, you know, you talk about the game being against Tennessee, and I just love what Tennessee does. You know, they yeah. have completely different branding uh, for the Lady Vols as they do the men. You mm-hmm. know, you get on that court. I, it might be the NCA logo for this one, but you get on that court, and they have, you know, the the light blue Lady Vols on the Tennessee tee, and it's, it's tremendous. So it's going to be a tremendous challenge. But let's not look at this as they're playing the Pat Summit Candace Parker, Tennessee's, you know, Tennessee is not, you know, what UConn has been or, or, you know, or Notre Dame or Baylor lately. Um, You know, they've gone down a notch. So, I mean, they're still Goliath, but they're a Goliath with at least a wound. You know, there's at least an Achilles heel, so to speak, that they could potentially take a take advantage of. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. So that's certainly, I know, a, a game that a lot of uh, Mac fans, you know, if you're looking to take a break, we're going to have the, the men's tournament kicking off, you know, Thursday and Friday, not including the first four games. You know, you got men's hoops all day, Thursday and Friday. If you're looking to take a break from the men's side of things, maybe flip over to ABC three o'clock Saturday afternoon, watch, uh, watch the Ash Affair and the Bulls take on uh, Tennessee. Let's, uh, let's, an interesting kind of development here, Vanzi. We only had one Mac team. Uh, in the women's side of things, get to the NCAA tournament. You and I were in agreement. We felt Toledo was deserving of a second bid there for the conference. They didn't get it. So even though the MAC only won team in the NCAA tournament, fancy we had five MAC teams accept invitations to the women's NIT. First of all, I did not realize this until I was started researching for this episode today. Did not realize the women's NIT is sixty four teams, just like the NCAA tournament. On the men's side of things, you only got thirty two teams in the NIT. So it's a larger field here. Uh, for the women's NIT, but we had five MAC teams uh, get selected for the NIT. You got Ball State taking on Marquette uh, Wednesday night, Akron taking on Wake Forest, Ohio taking on South Dakota State, uh, Toledo taking on Houston Baptist. Those are the only, only one of these uh, five games that are home games here in the first round for the MAC. And then you have Kent State going right down the road to take on Youngstown State. Um, so, this is, I want to get your thoughts on this, Vansy. This is odd to me because, I mean, you think about, I mean, Kent State, they didn't even make the conference tournament and, and they got a bid to the NI or the women's NIT. Five MAC teams. That feels like a lot. We even have some uh, instances here where, uh, where there, you know, two MAC teams have the potential. You got Kent State and Toledo right next to each other in the bracket. They have the potential to meet in the second round of this tournament. That seems a little bit odd to me. Yeah. And what's kind of funny is I had tweeted out, I forget what I think it was Sunday. I'm like, I don't know how we're going to get through everything on, on this podcast um, yeah. today. I'm like, it's going to be a two hour podcast. And then they just kept rolling in, you know, like one matchup, two matchup, three match, four match, five women's NIT matchups. Yeah. And just, you know, I mean, I personally, I mean, I watch more, you know, Mac women's basketball than most people. No offense to any of the ladies or the programs, but I did not look at this conference and say, yeah, you know, you, you got one team in the, in the NCAA tournament, and then we're going to have five in the NIT. I would have thought 
two, maybe, you know, there was some parody, definitely Toledo, the automatic bid as a conference champion. Um, but then, you know, boy, it kind of got tricky. I got to imagine Kent state is in this tournament because of what they did in the non-conference season, yeah. um, with some of their impressive victories. I got to think that's what that is. I haven't heard of any other schools. I can't imagine a school would say, yeah, we don't want to participate in the women's NIT. I mean, that's a major tournament. Um, you know, but, uh, five of them, that's, that's just a lot. Um, you know, Toledo's playing Houston Baptist. I would think that Toledo would get up for that one and win that one. Um, Kent, I think Youngstown state, that's a winnable game. Um, you know, ball state looked great at, uh, in the Mac tournament, Akron at wake forest. That one, that one's going to be tough. Akron didn't look too hot in the Mac tournament. Uh, Buffalo really dispatched them in the semifinal. Um, and then Ohio at South Dakota state, you know, you talk about, Oh, Hey, we're going to Daytona beach on the men's side, you know, for a tournament. And then the women get the chance to go to South Dakota state. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that, that's gotta be like a title nine violation or something somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling, I have a feeling that, uh, hotels in Brookings, South Dakota might be a little bit cheaper than they are down there in Daytona beach, Florida, this time of year. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Vansy. I mean, five teams feels like, especially, I mean, I would, I would like it more if they were more spread out. Like the fact that Kent state and Toledo could potentially play each other in the second round of this tournament. That's tough for me. And I, I saw some things going around on Twitter that, you know, they're saying, well, you know, it, it only happened because they set things up, you know, geographically. So teams, you know, don't have to travel too far. I think that argument is out the window too. Cause we got, we, you know, we got Ohio going to South Dakota. We got Houston Baptist traveling up to Toledo to take on the Rockets. I don't know. That just seems that the, the, you know, the tournament organizers, I would have liked to see, hear kind of their their rationale between between you know how they 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 set all this up. So nonetheless, I'm going to root for all the MAC teams regardless. I hope all of these teams at least win their first round matchup, and you know we'll see if Acker, if, if excuse me if Toledo and Kent State have to face off in the second round. We'll see who who's able to win that one. But uh, yeah, some interesting matchups here. I'll be curious to see how Jordan Dawson and, and Akron uh, handle Wake Forest uh, going down to ACC country and Tobacco Road to take on uh, the Demon Deacons Thursday night at seven. The last team uh, on the women's side of things uh, that are going to be participating in the postseason here, Vansy, we got Bowling Green had a had a great year last year, made a run to the the NC or the the MAC uh, tournament uh, championship game. This year, uh, they will be taking place in the first ever uh, women's basketball invitational. Excuse me, I I I got that completely wrong. This is a twelfth annual women's basketball invitational. Only eight teams in this uh, in this conference or in this. Um, in this tournament, all going to be played down there on uh, the campus of Transylvania University in Lexington, Kentucky, right down the road from uh, University of Kentucky. Uh, again, it's no Daytona Beach, Vansy, but uh, Coach Robin Fralick and the Falcons, uh, you know, they they finished the season 15 and 15 overall, 10 and 10 in the MAC, and they get re- rewarded uh, by uh, a Friday uh, tip off taken on Furman out of the Southern Conference at noon. What do you think about this, Vansy? I mean, I think, you know, again, anytime you got a chance to extend your season and play another game, you'd like to think that you can take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, boy, Transylvania, that isn't that where Dracula is from? That's, That's, you, uh, you nailed it. I was like, I, I saw that first. I was like, they traveling to Germany for this game. What are we, what are we doing here? Yeah, that, that's an odd one, but uh, yeah, any, you know, I mean, again, uh, that's, that's a solid program down there. They had some moments uh, Bowling Green did 
um, better season last year, obviously. But, uh, yeah, you know, you get some more practices. You get to travel a little bit. Uh, chance to extend your season. Can't fault it. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, anytime you got a chance, to, you're, you're playing for championships and anytime it's even a, uh, you know, a women's basketball invitational, you want to bring home the hardware. Absolutely. So the, uh, again, the Falcons, uh, going to tip off that tournament to, uh, noon Eastern on Friday. So that, that, this is a tournament similar to what we were saying about the CBI for Ohio down in, uh, in Daytona. This is a tournament contained in one, uh, one specific place. Uh, so it'll all be taking place there at Transylvania, but yeah, some, uh, some, some interesting, uh, teams here, they have potential second round matchup for Bowling Green, either Austin P or St. Mary's, uh, which would be on Saturday. Uh, on some other teams in the in, in the WBI this year, you got Davidson, Nevada, Cleveland State, Northeastern. A lot of good uh, mid-major programs being uh, you know be, you know participating in it this year. So we'll see how the Falcons are able to do, along with the five women's teams in the at WNIT, and of course uh, Buffalo in in the big dance. Uh, Vansy, before we get out of here, we didn't have a chance to to cover this last week, so figure we might as well do it here tonight. Let's take a look at the all-conference teams and the postseason awards uh, on the men's and women's side. Again, the, you know the women's team uh, was announced last week prior to us recording. The, went, the men's team was not, so we, we opted to just save these both for this week and uh, and, and talk through them both uh, at the same time. Let's take a look at the men's side first here, though, Vanzi. You got Coach of the Year, Rob Senderoff at Kent State. Player of the Year, you had Sincere Carey there at Kent State as well. Uh, Freshman of the Year, uh, Ball State Center, Peyton Sparks. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year, Enrique Freeman from Akron. And then Sixth Man of the Year, Justin Hamilton from Kent State. You look at the first team, All-Mac, Jonathan Williams, uh, Sincere Carey, Mark Sears of Ohio, Ben Vanderplass, also of Ohio, and uh, Ryan Rollins out of Toledo. Uh, Vansy, anything, any, any surprises there, anything you disagree with, anything you wanted to highlight, any initial takeaways when you take a look at those postseason awards in the first team? Oh, no, just from kind of from the first team, I think the biggest thing that I'd kind of maybe say, Hey, you could have gone a little bit different would have been Ryan Rollins over sincere carry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't even think that that's a, a strong argument. Um, I would have thought, you know, I, I, I can't really argue that one too much. Um, I probably care too much about like draft standing and not so much, you know, actual uh, performance or or the players, but I think that's, you know, probably what everyone kind of felt, you know, was was the case all season. Um, It does feel, you know, interesting that Ohio has two players, first team, all Mac uh, Ben Vanderplass. It feels like he's been there. He's a redshirt senior, but it feels like he's, you know, been there long enough to have a street named after him, but uh, all tremendous players, uh, you know, hope that, uh, you know, I mean, I doubt if Ryan Rollins will be back. You hope that Mark Sears um, will be back at Ohio. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, the only thing I would say here, um, you know, not taking anything away from Rob Senderoff or Kent State or the season that they had. Uh, I, I wonder though, if that would be different, uh, had they released these or voted on these after the conference tournament. I think you mentioned, you know, the locker room drama, maybe, you know, Senderoff maybe losing a little bit of control of the locker room there. And also, you know, how John Gross really kind of rallied this Akron team to uh, get that automatic bid. You wonder if, if that, you know, that might've gone to gross uh, if they would have waited till after the, the, the tournament to, uh, to, to vote on these. One other thing I wanted to touch on here, we're not going to go through every team, the all, all defensive team, second team, third team, all that stuff. If you want to, you know, they go to the, the, the Mac website, get some action.com and you can see all the teams there. You mentioned though, you know, wondering uh, what's, what's going to happen with, with Ohio. 
I, another team that I think a lot of limbo right now, you look at Ball State, right? Say what you will about James Whitford. They had some really good young talent. The all-freshman team this year, two members uh Ball State, uh, Peyton Sparks, who was the freshman of the year, and also guard Jalen Sellers uh, as a, a true freshman for the Cardinals this year, had a really nice season. You wonder with the coaching change if either of those guys are going to stick around because certainly if they do, whoever gets mentioned or whoever gets um, you know hired as the new head coach there for the Cardinals certainly has two really good building blocks, certainly you know to, to kind of start to build their foundation from. But you wonder – in today's day and age with the transfer portal and everything else going on and, uh, you know, NIL money and all that type of stuff. You wonder if either of those guys are going to stick around for in, uh, in Muncie for next season. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, I mean, and I had this debate with somebody on, uh, on Twitter about Ryan Rollins, you know, yeah, he's a sophomore, but I think he's got a good chance to go to the NBA. He's a fringe first rounder right now. If he's not, then I think he's got a good chance of transferring up a level. You know, you saw a guy like Greg Lee playing at your beloved uh, Penn state, yeah. you know, as, as a transfer. So I think a lot of these players, you know, it's, it's weird. It's a weird time to be a, a Mac basketball fan. Cause a lot of these players could transfer up a level um, to potentially advance their careers or to advance their professional aspirations. Uh, you know, you look at Peyton Sparks, a guy who had a tremendous season in the Mac, you know, a coaching change. I, you know, I watching him play. I mean, he's a freshman. Are you saying that he couldn't play at the big 10? I think he would fit in there as kind of a poor, poor man, uh, you know, poor man's Co- uh, Kofi Coburn. Also, I don't know how that's Coburn. You know, you look yeah, at the yeah, spelling, yeah. I don't know how that's Coburn. <laughs> Um, I'm getting off track on that, you know, and uh, the other point I wanted to make is you look at the freshman team. I, I don't know how this happened. I have to imagine it's because he was a freshman transfer uh, from East Carolina, but how does Noah Farrakhan yeah. not make the all conference team? You have Mol Najai uh, from Eastern Michigan, make the all freshman team, but you don't have Noah Farrakhan. You know, and, and Noah Farrakhan was what seventh in the conference overall in scoring. I mean, you know, it just it seems like an omission. There has to be a reason that I'm missing for him to not be on that list. And the Eastern Michigan fan in me is deeply concerned that he's going to test the the pro waters, rather it's the NBA or overseas, <clears throat> or potentially, uh, you know, look to transfer up again. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's I, I tell you, I feel like this is one of the the side effects of the transfer portal that I don't love. I would not want to be a men's basketball coach right now, or any. I mean, you could say this about football too, but it's almost like you. It's almost like you have to re-recruit your team every off season because you mentioned you guy like Peyton Sparks or one of these young guys that has a good year. All of a sudden, he gets in his head like, "Hey, maybe I can play at a higher level," and he wants to test the waters. And it's almost like you got to reconvince these guys every year to come back and play another season. Whereas it used to be, you knew you had these guys unless they were an NBA draft prospect you had them for four years and you could build your program that's not necessarily the case anymore so yeah certainly uh certainly some things to 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 keep an eye on here as as we move into the offseason and we'll see if there's any movement here with anyone on any of these teams let's take a quick look on the uh, on the women's side of things here Vanzi uh we talked a little bit last week uh Jordan Dawson at the Akron uh senior uh, player of the year, well-deserved, averaged a double-double all season. Trisha Cullop, uh, head uh, coach at Toledo, women's uh, coach of the year. Freshman of the year, Georgia Woolley from Buffalo. And then the six-man, six, man, six uh, 
six player of the year, Hannah Navarosky of Toledo, uh, the center. And then the co-defensive player of the year, there was a tie in the, in the, uh, in the voting here, Jordan Dawson of Akron and then Sierra hooks of Ohio, who had already already previously won that award two times. And then you look at the, the first team here, Jordan Dawson from, uh, from Akron, Dasha Fair of Buffalo, Aja Davis of Northern Illinois, Sierra hooks of Ohio and the Quenisha Lockett of, of Toledo fancy. I, I don't, you know that first team there. I I can't say I have any disagreements here. I think if you if you're t- picking a you know a starting five all star team from the MAC this year, I think that that's a pretty good five right there. Yeah, I, I agree. I have uh, no arguments with that. Um, I think maybe the biggest surprise, and and I don't really have another argument. Maybe Sophia, you know, we are from Toledo, but for Toledo to have the excellent season that they had, they only had one. Um, all Mac first teamer Northern Illinois has one as well, you know, so that's kind of, you know, something I w- wouldn't have necessarily expected Toledo did have the sixth player of the year, um, you know, there for them. But yeah, I would say that that's a pretty solid list. I don't really have a, you know, a climb on that or an argument. I do think when you look at it, you do see some parody. You know, you got, uh, you know, Northern Illinois, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Miami on the second team, you know, so you do see the love uh, kind of spread around a little bit. Third team's got a Western Michigan player, Lauren Ross. Um, I thought this was a pretty good list. I thought it was about what I would have expected. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I don't have any uh, huge disagreements there. So. Anyway, that's uh, that, that'll wrap up our, our, our coverage of, you know, kind of the all Mac teams postseason awards. Like I said, we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week. Wanted to throw it in here at the end tonight. Uh, but before we get to the offseason proper, we still got a, another weekend of really good basketball here. NCAA tournament, NIT, CBI, CIT, w, WBI, WNIT, all these uh, all these acronyms, all these tournaments. There's a lot to, to, to cover here, a lot to pay attention to over the next couple of days. Vanzi, before we get out of here. Uh, got to get your, um, want to get the, your, your thoughts on this, right? Not your thoughts, but I want to hear, uh, who do you got? Have you filled out a bracket yet? And if so, who do you have in the final four? Well, I, first off, I think it's going to be F U N, you know, so there, yeah. there's another, acronym. um, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going back and forth on it. Um, I, I like Gonzaga. Let's go. I mean, you know, yeah. are they a mid major at this point? I don't think they are, but, um, you know, at some point they're going to get over the hump. Um, if they don't get over the hump with Chet Holmgren, uh, they, they never will. So I, I, I like Gonzaga. And you know what? If you're listening to this and you got a chance, it's free. Get into the uh, podcast bracket challenge. Um, let's have some fun with it. Get in on it. Yes, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll tweet that out again here uh, tonight, uh, Tuesday night. You still got about forty eight hours. Well, no, I guess maybe thirty six or so uh, at this point. But yeah, Vanzi, you got you got some good picks there. I got to be honest, I got a couple. This maybe this is just my um, maybe this is just my 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 Big Ten uh, bias from watching a lot of Big Ten hoops as a Penn State fan. Man, I I really like. I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I think that Iowa is playing as good as any team in the country right now. I know they're a five seed, but I got the uh, I got the Hawkeyes in the final four. I also have Purdue in the final four. So my final four here, I got Gonzaga, Purdue in one side, Arizona and Iowa on the other. I do have I got the Wildcats uh, taking down the, the Zags in the final game. I agree with you, Vanzi. I think Gonzaga is going to get over the hump one of these years. They're getting closer and closer. I don't know if this is here offensively. I just I mean Arizona is so good. They can really do everything well. So. 
uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see. Uh, like I said, like Vanzi said, though, uh, join us. Uh, join our our, uh, our bandwagon bracket group there on ESPN. Like I said, I'll tweet that link out again here uh, after we sign off this evening. Uh, for episode 88, though, that'll wrap it up. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening to us uh, this week, folks. We'll talk to you again next week. He is Zach Vanuenzi. I am Zach Follador. Thanks for stopping by this week, folks.